Great Parents podcast. This is Nathan, who is Hello. a not great parent, and That's I'm true. Molly, who is also a not great parent, and we're proud of it. That's true. I, I wondered, you know, for the sake of this new little, uh, I don't know if we're going to have this one be a full season or series on, on confessions, it'd be great if we could have created a set that was very much like a confessional. Oh, we should have. Confessional. Uh, that would have been fun. And each one of us could each week be the priest. Well, oh, like every we week go. we switch what it is. We Stay could get a collar. Yeah. <laughs> we could have done a whole we could have done a whole thing about it. But regardless uh, we're not we're not doing could, that. We so. could have been creative with that one. Well like you hinted, yes. we are doing a series that we're calling Confessions of Not Great Parents. Yes. So sounds kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, our podcast is intentionally called the Not Great Parents Podcast. Yes. It didn't just happen to be called that because we are we aren't good parents. We yes. actually are saying that we don't want to be great parents. We want to yes. be good parents, parents that pursue the goodness that God has to offer us and our family. And so yes. um, we are not trying to obtain and reach what the world says is great. We are trying yes. to make sure that we're intentional about seeking first the goodness of God and seek his kingdom yes. first. So that is why we call ourselves not great parents and yes. we say we're proud of it. And that is why this new series is called Confessions of Not Great Parents. Yes. And so we know that we have well, we all have confessions as parents, right? Sure, we just have whether confessions as people. Whether you're great, whether you're good, whether you're bad, we, we all have confessions. And and the world tells us as parents we we have to have this perfect you know we have to be great parents great parents who you know never say a bad thing about yes. their kid never think horrible things never yes. have doubt themselves none of right. that and the truth is that we do yes. <laughs> and that sometimes it's okay yes. it's always okay to have them it what's not okay is to not ever share them so to speak or right. not ever let them come to light because right. When we don't share our things, when we don't have confession, we don't talk about what we're thinking, we either do one of two things, right? So yeah. explain that a little bit about what we do with that if we're not sharing those things. Yeah, so if we're not, if we if we never confess anything, one, it grows, so it just gets easier to do it because the shame around it grows, and then you're mm -hmm. kind of doing these not good or great things, these just bad things in secret. But you often get to a place where you start to try to rationalize and defend your bad behavior as actually good. And then you get yourself into this problem where now you're you're living com really completely outside of God's word. Right, because you're either justifying something that's bad yes. or you've blown up something that actually might not be that bad, but you have made right. it worse and you're living in you know some shame about it. Yes. So, so we are going to just continue to tick off the list of these confessions that come in and, and yes. kind of talk through them and and we want to hear from you guys. We yes. want you guys to share um, confessions you have. I know yes. that sounds kind of funny. Tell us your confessions, but yes. we do because if you have them, probably others have them as well. Right. And so we've got a link in the show notes. You can put questions or confessions in there mm -hmm. and we'd love to hear from you guys. So uh, please utilize that and share with us and we'll bring them up on future episodes. So yeah. today we have, um, we have one. <laughs> Our own self-confession. Yeah. We don't know. And we said in the last episode that, you know, sometimes these confessions are there's really two traditions around confessions in Christianity one is to confess our sins right. our our moral failures the ways we've rebelled against God and his will and we need to correct those 
Yep. Right? But then there are other confessions we make, which are the confessions that we believe, right? You confess Christ as king, right? right? You confess Jesus as Lord. You confess him as your savior. You confess when you're baptized. You confess when you give right. a, a, these ancient creeds. All those kind of things are confessions that really confirm uh, and, and kind of reaffirm the things that you you know to be true so they get deeper within you. So sometimes we're going to look at these confessions that the world would see as maybe morally wrong, right? right. That, as we said in the last one, that your kid would not be your world. Yes, that was our confession in the last one. Your, my kid is, my kids are not my world. Well, but, when you, some might say that sounds terrible as a parent to say, but yes. we in the last one said, actually, they shouldn't be your world. Yes. So the, some we're not going to hear your confessions and always go, that's a terrible thing to say. We might actually say we want that's a we might affirm that that yes. is an, that is a very Keep healthy pursuing thought. <laughs> yes. We might and then we might have somewhere we say hmm. Yeah, this needs to be corrected. That this is something that is, you know, and I know the word sin is so he- heavy. So I I'm, I'm going to use that in this part, but it is outside of what God would want for your family. That's which is the, the definition defi- of which sin. Which is the definition of sin, but maybe we're not going to say sin. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you sinner. But uh <laughs> You know, I'm comfortable with the word sin because I think it accurately describes it. But I get for a lot of people, there's shame around it. So darkness. Yeah. Yeah. All there's a lot of shame and darkness and all these things around it. So what you want to do is to be able to just identify this is outside of God's will. Right. So I want to move towards what he calls good and healthy because we're pursuing his goodness. So today's confession is a self-confession from both Molly and myself. It's a combined confession. <laughs> yeah. One of us said it and the other one goes, oh yeah, I do oh, no. that too. So likely a lot of these confessions, even if you send them in, are like we said, we want them to be relatable because, yeah. and so far, we're, yeah. we're, we're finding that they are. So this one is, I say things I regret and I cross the line with my words when it comes yeah. to my kids. Yes, as a parent. As a parent, I say things I regret and I cross the line when it with my words. Yeah, so I think, you know, all even even parents who pursue greatness have this way of kind of, you know, uh, like I'm rising above the messiness of my life. Like my life is messy, but look at how well I'm doing. And there's a way of going, you know, I don't know, I'm not perfect. I don't say everything right all the time. We wanted to say, no, sometimes I just say bad things. Yeah. Sometimes I, sometimes I, I don't just, just really mess up with my words. Sometimes yes. I just really get it wrong. With sometimes, I sometimes I don't just raise my voice. I yell. Sometimes I mess it up. Sometimes I, uh, I emotionally uh, get n- not in a healthy place, mm-hmm. right? I get into a bad place emotionally because of situations at home, because of my kids' behavior, because of my own insecurities as a parent. There's a list of reasons that those things Whatever happen. your things are that create that boiler for you, yeah. we all have them. And I yes. and I think that you know those things swirl around and then often we blow up or snap or shut down and say, you know, mean things. Or yeah. It could be, everybody communicates differently. So we're not all going to blow up and yell the same thing, yeah. but we all can experience a, have, as parents have experienced a, I, I, I would find, I would find it hard to believe that there's not, that there's sure. nobody that has never. Maybe there are great parents out there who have never said things they regret, but certainly Molly and I would say there are times I have, and there are times I have had to not only confess on the internet in front of strangers, uh, <laughs> but also uh, to my own kids, hey, I crossed the line. Oh, absolutely. That was too far. And I was hurt or I was frustrated. 
And and I try, and maybe we'll get to this at the end of this episode of, of, of how you handle it when you do, which apology is the way, right? You try to do, I try to treat my kids like I would treat any other person that wasn't my kid. And if I messed up, mm-hmm. I would go to them and ask their forgiveness and try to go, hey, I'm going to work to make sure this doesn't happen again. So I remember one time in particular, um, my my one of my daughters um, was she was out of line. I mean, that's just true. Right. She would admit she was out of line. Uh, she was saying things she shouldn't have. And it just got under my skin in the right way. And, and it hurt my feelings. Something she said just, you know, made me feel insecure. And so I started going back at her and going, well, if we're going to argue, let's argue and going back. And about halfway through, I don't think it was any in particular thing I said. I think it was just the way I was speaking. It was disrespectful. It was rude. And she handled it fine once, you know, we we got done with the whole thing. But I felt, man, I crossed the line. Mm-hmm. That was, I, you know, she acted like a child, but she is a child. Right. I acted like a child and I'm supposed to be the parent and I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be. So I went to her afterwards. And I just said, look, I'm really sorry. You know, um, what you did wasn't right, but I should not have gotten my feelings hurt in the way I did. And I should not have uh, spoke to you the way I did, not the way I said it to her. And I've, I've used this a lot because I think it is helpful for myself to remember, but also for her to know, as I said, if anyone had spoken to me the way I spoke to you, I would not have handled it as well as you did. That's good. You know, if anyone had been as disrespectful to me as I was to you, mm-hmm. you know, I would not I would not have dealt with it. And so I want to apologize to you and just say, I crossed the line mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my best uh, to not do that. I've also had my children come to me and say, hey, when you say things like this, that hurts my feelings. When you make this joke. As a feeler, I'm like, oof, ouch. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> I've had them come to me and say, this This makes me feel like maybe you don't love me. You know, and that's the language. And I, you know, when you hear that, you go, oh, my, you know. Yeah. But to try and hear it in there. On the flip side, that fact that you're hearing it from them says yes. a lot about the fact that they're comfortable doing that. Yes. You, know, if you told me they only ever one time to them. They're never going to get to do that again. That right. would be different. But the fact that that has... That apology and discussion of how those yeah. words made you feel from both parties, yeah. that is that is healthy. That well, is and healthy. I think what it's what I want, which is ultimately when they say those things, to hear it from their point of view. Mm-hmm. And then I have to just say, you're right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a part of me, you know, as dad, because I'm a jokey kind of guy, because often right. it's it's ways that we tease and ways that we do this. And I want to be like, you know, you need to toughen up. You need to get over that. And that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You're you're too sensitive. You're taking this too personally. But in that moment, just say, OK, and I'm going to try and do better. And I hope you'll give right. me grace because I try to tell them all the time I'm older. It's harder for me to change things, but I'm going to work. I, I hear what you say and I want to move on. My child and I have my older child. My younger one is. Not, sure. not one I have sure. this with, but my older one and I have plenty of yeah. <laughs> spats, so to speak. And yeah. and often I raise my voice mm-hmm. and he doesn't do great with that. Sure. <laughs> he sometimes sure. storms off or, mm-hmm. you know, he's a boy. He's much more physical, so he'll mm-hmm. slam something. Or oh, I mean, yeah. I haven't been known yeah. to do that too, but he'll go upstairs and, you know, mm-hmm. stomp upstairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that only makes me madder. And then yes. I'm yelling up the stairs something and... Um, so anyway, all that to say, I often have to go back and say, all right, yeah, <laughs> what you did was wrong. 
we got to a point that we went, that we shouldn't have. I, you know, this was my mm-hmm. part in that. And now we're at the point, because he's a little bit older, where he then says, you know, he'll say things like, well, I also... You yeah. didn't handle it well or whatever. And yes. we are at a point where we can say, okay, let's together try to do better. But if even if he doesn't, I as the parent am the parent, and I have to be the one to initiate and have that conversation with him where it's not about his behavior in those moments. It's about right. me. And if he comes to the table and says, you know, I did this too, that's great. But if he doesn't, it, I really can only address me in that moment. Yes. So I think the first thing we just want to be able to say in this episode is this is something that has to be corrected. This is not something we want to confirm. And everyone says things. Say things. I mean, yes, we do say things we regret. But if we say things we regret, we do nothing about it, and then we continue to do it, that is not yeah. what God calls us to do. Yes, it is outside of, it is sin to use our words. And this is the way I would say it, it is outside. I know I said I wasn't going to call it. Sin, 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 sin. <laughs> It is sinful to use any means, but especially words, to to get back at somebody when your feelings are hurt, to try and coerce co- coerce people to do right, manipulate them. Right. Which you know, if I'm if the reason, you know, sometimes I'm a loud person, so. I raise my voice all the time, whether I'm actually trying to intimidate someone or not. It's a part of the way I speak. Right. But if the reason I am getting loud is to shut you down and to intimidate you into listening to me, that's outside. That 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 is not a loving way to speak, right? right? Or if I'm using my words to guilt trip or to manipulate, if I'm going to cry and I can't believe you'd ever say that to me, and right. I can't believe you'd act this way, and if my if I'm going to give you the silent treatment which is another way to do it. That is a manipulative way to try and get my way. That is outside of God's, and it is outside of God's will, sinful, and not (laughs) loving, and it is not the way that we are called to parent. We've already confessed all of us do it in different ways. But where things get bad and where they start to border on becoming pretty unhealthy in a family is when you never confess it, Mm -hmm. and it grows in secret, or... When you as the parents start to call it good. Right. Because it's really great. It's not good. In our definition of great, right? It is really good is not not addressing it. Good is not keeping it bottled up. Good is not trying to change the beat. Sorry, good is trying to change. Yes. I just totally messed that up. So good is trying, opposite of what I said, don't listen to me. Op, it is good is trying to change the behavior. Good is trying to address your it. Your own good, behavior. Your own behavior. Good is owning the thoughts that you have. And, and like the Bible says, like, slow down, listen, be slow to speak. Don't just spew off stuff at your kids. That's goodness. God directly in the Bible tells us how to handle our words. Yeah. And I think, I think what greatness tells us is the ends justify the means. And so if Mm -hmm. I don't like my kid's behavior, anything I have to do to get them to change it, to Mm -hmm. fix it, especially even if it's, if my kid's behavior is wrong and sinful, Mm -hmm. if they're using their words in the wrong way, well, and once you start the argument, then I, it's okay if I said it. You know, gonna, you, you said gonna, some bad things, too. You started it. I'm going to match you there. Yes. That's like, not. Greatness kind of works in that. And greatness also sometimes will go to the other end of the extreme and say, if my kid's behavior is wrong because I don't want to speak maybe the way my dad spoke to me or my mom used her mm-hmm. words to manipulate or however that is, I'm just not going to address it at all. You do you. Right. Which is also not healthy. We have to find a way to say, I want to use my words to correct 
Mm-hmm. I do need to correct my child. I want to kind of set their sights on Jesus, but ultimately I want to build them up. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel loved and cherished. And even when I have to use my words to correct, I want them to know um, this is done in a safe place where, where there's, there's no shame here and, and you can be loved. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let me go ahead and make my own confession to you as well. I am a uh, a not great parent that often says things I shouldn't say. And for me, um, as I know the discussion we've been having on this podcast so far, is that I I know I always want my words to be life-giving for my kids and not life-taking. And that's that's my intention all the time. Uh, I don't always live up to that. Um, but here's what I've found, and these, these are some of the ideas that I sort of came up with that might help us on this discussion. Um, sometimes for me, it just takes a, a, a tiny adjustment in how I say some things that turn my words from life-taking into life-giving words, and they, they change the impact that they have on m- other people and my kids specifically. I know all of us as parents, we, we talk a lot about Let's make sure that we're praising our kids. Let's say positive words that build into them. Absolutely. But a lot of times what I find myself doing is I just do generic praise. And I think one of the things that has helped me become a better uh, better parent in the way that I use my words is uh, I get real specific with the praise that I give my children. I'll give you a couple of examples. Everybody wants to say to their kids, hey, you did a good job. And we do that a lot, right? I do that a lot. I say, good job to my kids. I say, oh, you're so smart. Mom and dad, we're so proud of you. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is if we say that over and over again, a lot of times it just becomes white noise. And a lot of times our kids will even lean into, uh, they think that uh, in order to get their praise, they've got to perform in certain ways and it just, it goose the whole thing up. And for me, what I've tried to do is I just try to, fixate on, on some specific things that I want my kids to know that that those were good things. And I, I get real specific. For example, um, maybe this is something you can say to your kids. Hey, you know, when you picked your toys up the other day for me like that, man, that, that was really helpful for mommy. And you get real specific. Or you say something like this, you know, your drawings are so creative. I saw what you did in that project in school, and you put so much detail into the work you do. Or after a ball game, you say to your son, you know that catch you made at second base? That was incredible. Great what? Great job. Way to go on that. Or, you know what? And I say this to my daughter a lot. Honey, I love to watch you swim. I love coming to your meets, and I just love it. It brings me so much joy because I see how much joy you get out of that. Much better than just a simple, hey, way to go. Good job. So go from generic praise to specific praise. The other thing that I know we all want to do is we want to we want to correct our kids in the right way. And a lot of times we use our words to discipline or correct our children. We all have to do that. But how we correct our children makes all the difference. For instance, when you catch your child doing something wrong, try your best not to make statements about them, but talk about the action. Talk about how it affects other people or how it affects them in, in a lot of cases. Uh, for example, we can often fall in, and I'm guilty of this, I fall into a trap of saying to my kids, oh, you're just so messy, <laughs> or you always make us late, or you don't even listen to me. And uh, all those phrases are just statements about our children. And I don't want to say things about my child. I don't want to try and 
uh, attach that to their identity. I want to talk more about the specific things. So instead, maybe I say something like this. Hey, I really feel sad when you lie to me because it's hard for me to trust you when you lie. Or I say, you know, we all agreed that you'd be ready for school at 7.30 this morning. So help me understand why you weren't able to do that. Or maybe you say this to, to your child. Do you see how your actions just hurt your sister? Do you think you might owe her an apology? In other words, ask a lot of questions more than you make statements. And by your, your questions, invite them to have a conversation with you about the action that you want to discipline in that moment. And what you might find is you get a lot more compliance and you get a lot more uh, interaction and a lot less defiance. Third thing. I've found that a lot of times in the way that we use our words, we wind up shutting down our children's emotions rather than, well, normalizing those emotions and allowing them to express them. And a lot of times that makes our words life-taking versus life-giving. One thing you never want to do is tell your child how to feel or what to feel. Like for instance, and we've all done this, me included, hey, stop crying, it's not that big of a deal. Or you're fine, you'll be okay, just get over it. Or, honey, you have no reason to be stressed about this. Again, that's just telling our kids how to feel. And the truth is, that doesn't help them because <laughs> they feel what they feel, just like you and I feel what we feel. So instead of doing that, maybe say something like this. Hey, look, I can really see that this is upsetting for you. Do you want to talk to me about that? Or maybe this. I can tell you're feeling a lot of pressure at school right now. I can just see it in you. So is there something that I can do to help make this a little bit easier for you. Or maybe you say, you know, it must feel really frustrating when you don't get what you want, and I know you didn't get what you want in that situation. And I just want you to know, it's okay for you to be angry, and it's okay for you to tell me that, and it's okay for us to talk about that. In other words, let them feel what they feel, and by doing that, you're going to help them have some healthy ways of expressing those feelings to you. And again, those are life-giving kind of words. So we do know that the Bible talks a lot about how to use our words. So yeah. in James in particular, we know yes. that there are words, which you're going to tell us because, you know, I only know about five Bible verses <laughs> verbatim. Well, I was going to say, you know the Bible. I you know just, it. I would yeah. have to paraphrase. I'm like, John 3.16, got it. Yeah. But, the, but, but yes, I do know James tells us that we, yeah. you know, we should control our tongue. Yeah, so there's there's several different verses in the book of James. James is the brother of Jesus. And some people think that what James is actually doing in his book is almost doing a commentary on Jesus's most famous sermon, the mm -hmm. Sermon on the Mount, and he's kind of walking through them, but he starts at at one point he says everyone should be uh quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And then kind of later into that, he he starts talking about this idea of he says you know, if anyone could tame their tongue, like control the words they said, he said, they would have control over their entire body. Right. And he starts talking about how, the, you know, the tongue is this small thing, but it's like a rudder on a ship. That it's this small thing, but it can move this powerful, large, you know, vehicle or, you know, kind of the bit in a horse's mouth, something really small. It, that has it turns, total control. Yeah, this powerful animal. And he talks about how our words... He says, in the same, uh, using the same tongue, we praise God and we curse our brother. 
Yes, and you know, that's really harmful. <laughs> it's but, very true. And I think even if you take it out of the context of the way that you talk to God, it would the same mouth, and think about how disconcerting that can be to our kids that in the same mouth, they heard me say, I love you, mm-hmm. and I will always care for you, and I'll always be here. And then out of the same mouth, they heard me say, you know what, sometimes you act like a nasty little brat. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, out of those... You sin- always do the wrong thing. Yeah, oh, I can't believe this is the way you act all the time. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. We've already confessed. We've been there, too. Wow, yeah. My point is, I think like James's point, is to, he says, this sh- cannot be so. Mm-hmm. This can't be so. That our tongues... Our words, they should be these springs of living water. They should not be these toxic oil spills <laughs> that just contaminate everything Every around thing. them. You know, and so I think the advice that that um, James gives of being quick to listen and slow to speak, um, you know, on top of already what Jason's kind of told us of how to use our words, I think getting really to a point of we as parents. We have to model being quick to listen and slow to speak. And what I've learned was becoming a parent made me really even quicker. I was already a quick speaker. I was going to say. Yes. Did you have a lot of room for improvement here? No. I feel like you were already quick to come. I was quick to speak, but I became even more so because sometimes you're trying to control the situation before Mm -hmm. it gets out of hand. Right. And just, nope, 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 nope. It's interesting because what we're telling, what we're we're talking about doing is often what we want our children to do. So here's the thing. When I come to my child and I say something, how often do I end up saying don't talk back? Well, Mm. often... We are just talking back at our kids, right? Mm. And and they're different, right? There's they're, they're different, but they're not. Yes. I mean, we are saying to our kids, don't talk back, slow down, think about what you're going to say, mm. and listen to what I have to Count say first. Because yes, because when they're talking back, we are all saying, you're not listening, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we are essentially need to train ourselves to mm-hmm. do exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. um, even if, you know. We just need to slow down and we yeah. need to train our own selves to that because in part, we're modeling it for them. Mm-hmm. So if your child talks back to you a lot, you might want to look in the mirror and see, does mm-hmm. is this something that you do? Because mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the same thing, you know, I always say to my kids, uh, which is just the words of my parents coming out of my mouth is. Oh, isn't you, that fun? <laughs> yes. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Oh, nice. Yes. So you listen two. twice as much as you speak. And I realize one time when I was talking to them, they're probably looking at me and go, God needs to give you more ears then. Yeah. God needs to give you more ears, Dad, because you speak you need way more than you listen. And so I think one thing that I am trying to do better at these days, and I will say, I've heard my wife say, hey, I'm noticing you're doing better on this, is to really be quick to listen. And the way to do that for someone who's a quick speaker mm-hmm. is to ask questions. There you go. You still get some words in. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's it's really hard for me at this point to just not speak. I mean, I'm not saying I want to get to that place, but a way to train myself is try and make the first thing I say in a situation a question, not an accusation yeah. or not and a not declaration. An, you're right. And not an accusatory question. Why do you always do that? Yes. Not a, I think we've talked about it even on Sundays too, like help me understand or yes. explain to me how that, you know, or how did that make you feel or what... Yes. You know, I was really mad at my child last Sunday or two Sundays ago because I yes. and and instead of blowing up on him, which I totally wanted to do when I got in the car, I said, "Help me understand." Good. This particular yes. activity and where I where what was going through your mind at the moment? What was the assignment? What was what was going through your mind? And what 
We're, and the reason I ask is because I'm trying to understand why you put the things on there mm-hmm. you put. So help me understand that. Yes. Because unless I understand that better, I'm just mad at you about it. Yes. So I try to, I think that's a great thing of help me understand or, you know, just asking a question of, hey, what's going on? Or, you know, what what are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. I ask that a lot. Yeah. You know, when I come in and my kids are, are really angry and maybe they're saying hurtful things or, you know, go, you know, maybe they're even having bad behavior. When I step in, instead of going, uh, don't do that, we don't do that, we, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. When I step in and go, hey, can you tell me what you're feeling? Why are, why are you acting this way? My wife actually modeled this for me, which I thought was really good. She frequently would say, you must, something must be wrong because you are not this disrespectful of a kid or you you are not a kid who does something like this she's affirming and confirming who this child is you right. know, you're a respectful girl you're a kind person mm-hmm. you don't use words like this so and she said one time one time what happened was one of my my kids was losing it at me they were upset and in this case I was actually in the right so they were actually they really and my wife stepped in and just said hey you must be really upset because you are not the kind of girl who talks to your dad this way. Mm-hmm. So let's take a break mm-hmm. and you tell me what's making you so upset. So it is a little bit of both, right. but it allows you to say, and now I want to listen to you. And then you actually have to listen. Mm-hmm. You have to drop your assumptions, which I'm not mm-hmm. always good at because I think I know you better than you know yourself. And I know what's going on. And sometimes that's hard. Like Henry, for example, he just had his 11th birthday and he got it in his head that this would be a great birthday to get a cell phone. Oh, that's good. Well, it's a great birthday to get a cell phone, not a good one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you should say, hey, you need to listen to Not yeah. Great Parents Are you podcast. familiar with your Not Great Mom? That's Anyway, so, and he could not hear me say for months, that's not happening. Right. And that's not happening. And that, you know, he just convinced himself that I had some secret plan to surprise him with a cell phone. Right. And I just never did. And I kept saying to him, Henry, stop talking about a cell Mm -hmm. phone because I'm not interested. But the day before his birthday, he was at my mom's and when I, and he came, she dropped him off at our house and he was in a terrible mood. And he Mm -hmm. said to me, I said to him, what's going on? Because I could already tell there was going to be something. And I said, what's going on? And he said, Peg, which is my mom, that's what he calls her. Peg said, I'm not getting a cell phone. And I thought, so she had to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) You listened to what she said. Yeah, I know. But I said, she's right. Mm -hmm. And I said, "And, and I've been telling you that. Yes. And I could see... That he was boiling up. And I remember when we talked about it in one of the podcasts a while back, or maybe it was parenting ministry, we talked about letting boys sometimes just be upset. That's right. Just let him be angry. So I said to him, I know you're upset right now. Is is there anything you want to say other than trying to convince me Mm -hmm. that you need a cell phone? Right. Is there anything you just want to talk about, talk about your feeling around it? It's not going to change my... I don't need a sales pitch because it's not going to change what mm-hmm. we're doing here. And he said, I'm just really mad about it. And I said, okay, and you can be mad. You yes. can be upset. It's not going to change the, my my decision. And you can go up in your room and be mad about it, or you can stay down here. And then when you're in a place where, you know, you're ready to, like, re-engage with us at dinner or whatever, that's fine. But if you want me to be around, I will. If you don't want me to be around, I won't. But you have my permission to be mad. And it was very healthy for us because— it didn't turn into some explosion between the two right. of us. And so, That's a really good thing. Yeah. And I think it allows them to know everyone wants to be heard. 
You know, there are like there, mm-hmm. there are these things. All, all of us want to know that we're loved, but we also want to just know that we're heard. Yeah. And I, sometimes I don't even want people to change their behavior. I just want them to know how it affects me or how, mm-hmm. and that, you know, I'm not even trying to change another. I just want to be heard. And so your kids, they will hear being heard like being accepted. Right. Even if you, even if you have to correct some of the things that their understanding of something or even some of their behavior, if you allow them to know they're heard, the ability for them to want to speak to you more, mm-hmm. it just grows. And so quick to listen is huge. Slow to speak is the next one. You know, everything from count to 10, mm-hmm. think about what you say, breathe in, breathe or out. even taking a break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we have to do this if our kid is, you know, losing it and they they cross a line. Sometimes we have to say, hey, you need to, that was too far. You need to go to your room because I'm getting upset and I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. So you need we need to take a break and then we can come back together. And sometimes that that just changes the tone and it models for them. Mm-hmm. It models for them what it is to be slow to speak. So I think being willing to say it. it it is important for us to be able to say to ourselves and to our kids, words carry a lot of weight, mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to treat them carelessly. And so sometimes I really need to slow down. Right. You know, if I was disarming a bomb, I wouldn't just go, "Well, we're in the heat of the thing. I'm just ah yellow." You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to take a little bit of time yes. to go. Okay, let's bring. Maybe I'll get an expert. I'll get someone else's opinion on how I should handle right. this. And maybe so as, as parents, we should be excellent bomb disarmers. Hey, there you go. I well, like that. <laughs> well, and I, I will say this for, you know, um, for having children who have come from foster care and also just being a foster parent for, for years, a lot of the training, and this is, I think, good for all parents, mm-hmm. is about de-escalating situations yes. that you often come in. You know, and I think you get by with it a lot if it's a child who's not from a traumatic situation mm-hmm. that you can kind of just come and go, no, stop, go over here. And they they kind of figure out how to kind of bottle that up. Mm-hmm. But when you come into a situation where the emotion is high and your 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 goal is to come in and intimidate or to try and take authority by being forceful, you often escalate the situation and you're not disarming the bomb. If you can come in and de-escalate, one of the easiest ways to de-escalate is say, hey, we'll come here. Sometimes it's through physical touch. So, you know, mm-hmm. if your kid is a love language touch coming in and just Minus. a gentle hand on the shoulder or hugging them. I do that with one of my daughters. Go, hey, come here and give me a hug just so we both know we're on the same side. Mm-hmm. I'm not in here trying to be mad at you. We're on the same side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and so get, get in that place and then go calmly. Okay, tell me what happened. And then when they answer, instead of going, well, that was stupid. You shouldn't have done that, which is something I say because now I'm calling my kid stupid. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying that. I want to step in and say, hey, why do you think you chose to say that? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling when that happened? Is that why you chose to say that? Mm-hmm. Do we want to do things because we're scared? Mm-hmm. Do we want to do things because we got our feelings hurt? Is it okay when someone hurts my feelings for me to hurt their feelings back? You know, it, it now has de-escalated the tone of the situation. I'm more careful. And then sometimes if it is getting heated, you can't just saying, hey, we need to take a break. Yeah. When you come back, this is good advice in your marriage too. I'm just saying my wife and I've had to do this more than once. We need to take a break. This is, this is not healthy. I frequently have to say to other people, I'm going to stop talking. Mm -hmm. 
And I think sometimes it comes across like, I'm withdrawing from this conversation because I'm not getting my way. That's not what I no, mean. No, you said it to me one time. I think we were in a meeting and you're like, I'm going to stop talking because I don't think I'm communicating this well. Yeah. And at first I was like, mm, is he mad? And then I was like, no, he actually is saying, I'm going to stop talking because I'm not... Not only am I not communicating, I can't hear what's going on. So if I just slow yes. this down, maybe we both will come to a different. I know my this. personality is to be very competitive. And when I have an idea that I want to push through is to try and mm -hmm. argue my point of view, even if I'm wrong. And I will feel accomplished that I got what I wanted. And often I realize when I'm in it, when I'm in and that's, that's a good example. I remember that meeting mm -hmm. when I'm in a meeting with Molly, who I care about, and, you know, so my John's there, my brother's there, and I care about him, and there's other people mm -hmm. in the meeting, and we're all, and we all care about the church. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to make a good, you know, work decision here, and when I am so getting, I'm getting frustrated mm -hmm. and angry that no one's listening to the great idea I have, what I'm trying to train myself to do is go, well, stop talking, because if your idea was that great, and it was the best solution, someone else would have confirmed it. Maybe if you stop talking and you listen, you'll find out, oh, they also had a good idea. And maybe there's a way to combine the ideas, or maybe my idea just wasn't the best idea. And if I can, once again, de-escalate myself, but I do the same thing with my wife. I love my wife. I know, but neither one of us want to hurt each other. So when she says something that hurts me, I need to de-escalate and say, maybe, mm -hmm. Maybe she didn't know she was hurting my feelings or maybe something hurt her before she came in and she's just not, her, you know, she's not in her healthiest space and she said something that sometimes hurt me. Is maybe we just are not communicating well and we just need and, to de-escalate this. And sometimes they're seven years old. Mm -hmm. And the reason they said something hurts your feelings because they're seven years old. And sometimes the reason they can't control their body is because they're seven years old. Mm -hmm. And for you to come in and de-escalate the situation, say, hey, I'm here for you. I am yeah. on your side. It changes everything. And so, you know, now that we know the kind of things we should avoid saying, the kind of things that we should say, I think it's important for us to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And then when we do mess it up, we you have, have to, to apologize. apologize. And these are no... No holds barred apologies. What I mean is they are not two-way streets. Mm -mm. Your kid may have Drop messed it up. Drop your expectation about the kid. You are walking in and you are apologizing for solely your own behavior. Yes. It's the way I would I would approach it if... Uh, it, it's the way I would approach it if I had... If I had... Uh, if in that meeting we're talking and I punched one of my coworkers in the face, it doesn't... <laughs> it happens all the time. Yes. It does not matter what they said to me before. No. I chose to I chose no. to punch them in the face. And in a situation with my kid, it doesn't matter what they said to me. When I chose to say something hurtful or wrong to them, it doesn't matter what they said to me because I'm the adult. Right. My words carry a we heavier could, weight to them. Yes, we could do a whole episode on the word, one word alone called triggered. Which yes. We still own our own behavior. Yes. We still own our response to something. And so apology is huge. And we know that we've got to do it. I mean, you just yes. have to apologize. And in part, it's because good parents are modeling apology. Good parents yes. are ultimately saying this relationship this this relationship between you and I matters more than yes. my idea or the way you acted in this moment or you know whatever frustration I walked in the door with mm -hmm. that ultimately this relationship is the most you know is yes. the 
neither one of us wins if that doesn't win because right. God has said that. There is no competition here. The win is that win-win is the only win. win if there win is, is the any win. loser, we both lose. Right. But the difference is, is that we as the adults, we are going to have to carry that more because yes. our children are children. Well, and at some point we need to talk about there is a place to teach your kid how to apologize. And it's really pivotal because kids who can't apologize become adults who can't apologize. Mm -hmm. But in when the case, when you have crossed the line, you're not looking for an apology from them. You are coming in and you are owning. I crossed the line. Mm -hmm. I am sorry. I Will you please forgive me? Mm -hmm. Ask for forgiveness. And then you say, and I'm going to do better. Yep. I'm going to work. And then you actually have to do better. And then you have to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. But this is a confession. It needs to be corrected. Uh, but all of us struggle with it. James says, if anyone could do it perfect, they'd be they, their whole body would be perfect. They'd never sin in any way again. Nope. But none of us are perfect. We're all trying to learn how to be good. Right. And Not goodness perfect. means we're always working at it. That's so. right. So Thanks send us in your confessions. Us. Send us in your confessions. And we're glad you're here with us today. And uh, we will talk to you on the next episode. Take care. See you then.